You are listening to Feeding the Mouth That Bites You with Ashley Parrish and Jessica Pfeiffer. A weekly podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. As always, we are joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus. Hey everyone, and welcome back. On today's episode, we will be answering your frequently asked questions. There's a bunch, right? There's so many. What happened? Where, where did this backlog of questions suddenly show up? Well, we've had emails that have gone unanswered, to be truthful. Uh, <laughs> so we've we're got so uncaring. It's no, okay. we are. It's we, just, we it, do care. We do care. It's just it, it builds. And we were having a few technical issues with our email too. With so, my website, I know. You know, and so, sometimes but we, we get the same question from like yes. five different people, you know? And so we're like, True. we're just... We're just going to hold on to that one and we'll answer it when we do an FAQ. And so here we are. Here we are. Got here a we are. I think Let's Dr. Ken likes these. You know, I do. I love frequently asked questions because, and you may remember a couple of years ago, I, I was challenging, hey, try to ask me a question I have not already been asked. Well, now that we're listened to worldwide, I have had some questions that were new. So yeah, that makes it good. even more fun. You know, like uh, <laughs> when you hear me go, ooh wait a minute. That's good. It's like, Ooh, he hasn't heard that one much or at all before. So I'm open. Hit me. Let's see what okay. we got. We'll try you out. Yeah. Okay. So when our kids are uh, old enough to have the freedom of keeping track of their own grades and making sure that they stay above a minimum level, um, we we've talked about this in the past. So is skipping class the same as keeping minimum grades, like you can't skip class more than this many times, or we're going to have this consequence, or is it first time you're done sort of a situation? Okay. So that freedom technically is you have the freedom to manage school, usually homework as you want to, like what you're giving the freedom is I will stop saying, uh, well, do you have your stuff done before tomorrow? Because remember tomorrow we're going to be going to the park and whatever that, that whole, I'm going to stop being your personal secretary and helping you manage your schoolwork, uh, which is a common source of conflict, you know, like, uh, mm -hmm. tell me, you know, go over the, your paper with me and no, I don't want to, I don't want you to help me. So the freedom is you can manage your schoolwork however you want, as long as you keep minimum grades. So, um, that that's home stuff. When it comes to skipping class, that's, uh, not on that list. Like, mm -hmm. you know, so I always find it odd because, you know, the best thing would be able to say, look, um, that's between you and your school, uh, because you know, your school is not okay with that. And I have a surprising number of teenagers that will go, my school doesn't care. I'm like, what school do you go to? What are you talking about? That's not a <laughs> school. So, uh, you know, I, I would absolutely uh, in remind everyone, no, the quote freedom to defy your school's, uh, you know, uh, attendance policy is not included in that. Uh, so right. you would not give uh, permission to skip class. I think where it becomes difficult is whatever kind of glitch occasionally happens where you find out your kid is missing some or many, and it does seem like the school isn't doing anything about it. I've had that before where you do, believe it or not, I think if they're older teenagers, you have to pick your battles. Like, it's hard for you to police that. You don't actually know if the school isn't going to do anything. Um, as long as their grades stay, you know, where they need to be, then, you know, that's just something that would be a bit awkward. But I can't imagine a circumstance that a parent would say, uh, yes, this includes you can 
ditch your class if you want, as long as your grades are minimum. That that gets back to some one of the very, very basics of living in our house. You have to be attending school. So no, mm-hmm. I would not, I would not include that uh in 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 the it's usually about your home management of your school work and whatever you can do what how handle that however you want as long as your grades are up and i think i don't know where i don't know how it is for all of our listeners because we have listeners all over the world but here in texas we have truancy officers so if you're skipping yeah. class a certain amount of times like your parent has to go to court yeah um, and so that's surely here in Texas wouldn't absolutely not be on a freedoms list. And that gets mm-hmm. to be a really complicated thing. To be honest, the kids that tell me my school doesn't care and I leave, those are kids that have, you know, pretty significant conduct problems anyway. And the parents are chasing that. And it, it gets, not a lot of our listeners will get to that level. But yeah, like I say, I can never imagine. Yeah. If you want to skip, that's great. No, 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 no. That's, that's not a freedom you can have. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Okay. Next question, Dr. Ken. You always say that teenagers can make their own friends. They have that freedom to make their own friends. Okay. But what about boundaries for teens who have same sex attraction? Yeah, that has come up more Mm -hmm. and that gets into the complication of LGBTQ ideology because you'll have to kind of make your own thoughts about that. Remember that, um, you know, long time ago when I was, you know, starting out as a psychologist, um, a homosexual patient, which was mostly a male, um, was virtually always an older guy who was just honestly saying, look, I've, I've just always been attracted to, to the same sex. I mean, I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do about this, whatever. That is not the case now. When you have, mm-hmm. I had a kid yesterday who's 12 and mm-hmm. is suddenly declared that he's gay. Well, I'm pretty sure he's not married to some guy living in New Jersey. And what, I mean, it's not a thing. It's an idea. It's a, it's a, it's, I'm putting on this t-shirt to announce that this is who I am. So in those circumstances, uh, it is number one, not at all the same. You could make your own judgment, but it's not the same as, well, since this young kid has declared that I'm gay, um, that means they're going to be trying to do all kinds of sexual things with other same-sex friends. I, I don't. Uh, you you can use your own judgment about that, and I can only just give permission that yeah, I think there are several circumstances that that doesn't need to get into it because it you know you you to just suddenly agree with this really poorly chosen identity that I've just decided two days ago I am. And it's almost reinforcing that to go, oh, well, then we need to keep you from all these sexual interactions you're probably going to be having. The parents that are in that spot, you know what I'm talking about. Like, no, he, he, we're lucky to get a friend over here at all. So I, I think in, it's not always a, a slam dunk that you can't have uh, friends of the same sex over now that you've declared that you're gay. You certainly wouldn't have uh, a guy who, you know, now that you've told me you're gay, you can only have girls spend the night. Like, no, that's that's just not a thing. So um, I, I would definitely take that uh, case by case basis with probably the exception being an older teenager who has absolutely regularly declared homosexuality and wants this particular friend that you have good reason to believe, you know, they're involved together, that you might put limits there. But I can't tell you that's incredibly rare now. When a kid says I'm gay, it is not the way it used to be. Uh, it is a very basically uh, defining an inner experience that's much more vague. More and more, the better question is to go, what do you mean when you say you're gay? Or what, what are you talking about? Because it's not what it used to be. Does that make sense? 
Mm-hmm. I think sometimes so, it's almost playing into it to make too big a deal out of it. So as a parent, if you know this and say you have an older teenager, would you allow um, someone you thought that your your kid was interested in to come over and spend the night, that sort of thing? Would you think that that's no big deal? Or would you say, no, that's probably crossing a boundary? That- that's, that's what I'd say is the exception. I think yeah, an older yeah. teenager that is has seemed to really hold to this identity for uh, for a while uh and you have reason to believe this is a um you know a, someone that they might be interested in then you might do that uh yeah i think that's an exception but keep in mind that uh in general a, a lot of the kind of sexual identity stuff is related to a, a deep sense of isolation and you know you really do want to try to encourage relationship and uh, uh intimacy and connection uh, so I, I I think that's a judgment call for the parent, uh, and but it's not a slam dunk. You said you're gay, so no no same sex sleepovers. I don't know that that's always necessary. Okay, this is a good this is a good question because I have this every single afternoon. How do you manage screen time when your kids are using a laptop for school? Because yes. they often will click around other things and then they're, oh yeah, I'm doing homework and click back as you walk in the room. So just like the old Facebook's relationship status, it's complicated. Uh, <laughs> the, the screen time thing uh, is going to always be your battleground now. Um, and and so I, I'm up front. I'm sorry about that for parents, parents that are doing well. The one thing that will continually come up is is your kids being just irate that why are you controlling my screen time at all? So. I say that to say it, it is necessary that you be quite firm about it and be ready to endure, you know, a certain amount of outrage from your kids. So when they need it for school, uh, it is um, for young teenagers, for example, it's reasonable to say, look, um, you know, you can use your computer, but you're going to need to use it down here in the kitchen. Why? Because you're, I need to make sure you're just doing it for school. And they'll be outraged. Like, that's crazy. Uh, you know, I need to be this because remember to them, this is my, my computer, my life. Who are you to even be doing this? So um, don't be surprised that they're outraged, but it's pretty reasonable to let them know I, I need to moderate. I need to do some effort to monitor your use of, you know, of your computer. Now, if you want to be good at it, be sure and tell them, I know I can't make sure you're not flipping a screen instantly and I can't see it. I know you can still do stuff, but I'm hoping it'll be a little bit better. I do that with a younger teenager. Then when they get older, um, you're going to be at some point letting go of how they manage school anyway. So um, that would go in that, you know, in other words, uh, pornography will be covered in your um, screen monitoring software. So trying to uh, monitor things like, I don't want you uh, flipping over and using, you know, and playing a game when you should be using it for your uh, homework, that's something that once you let go of the monitoring of their time, then you don't have to try to monitor that. So that's another advantage of that. Um, uh, And then lastly, what comes up is what if they're grounded from electronics, but they still need it for school. And that's when you can even have a 16 year old, sorry, dude, you're back in the kitchen uh, because you're not actually using the screen. You're not supposed to be using it for, uh, you know, for, fun purposes just for school. So I'm sorry, but you got to be down here and you'll probably do a whole bunch of using it that I can't see. And I get that, but you're down here, you know, again, it's, it's, it's not, you're, you're not a policeman, you're a judge, 
mm-hmm. occasionally when it comes to screen time that is needed for school, yeah, then you're a little bit of a policeman, but just make sure they know, you know, this gun isn't even loaded. So don't, you know, it, it's, it's a drag you're having to do this and I will do a certain amount of interfering. Um, but, you know, but once, once they have that freedom to handle school, how they want, then they can, you know, you don't have to worry about monitoring that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dr. Kim. So our freedoms list for 13 year olds look a lot different than they do the older our teenagers get. Right. So a 13 so. year old's freedom list looks a lot different than an 18 year old. That's right. Here's the question. Should you show your teenager their not yet freedoms, freedoms that are to come list? Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. I have not thought about that. That's so give me a second. That's a good here's question. what you can do now as a 13 year old. And here's what you'll be able to do before you leave the house. We should give out. a prize for you. You've stumped Dr. Will not stumped, but, but challenged <laughs> Dr. Will because that's good. So I would say um, the advantage of it is that it does uh, indicate that you're, it's a way of indicating that we're serious about this. Mm-hmm. That and and look look what's coming. The disadvantage is you will recognize your teenager will look at that list and go, yeah, why not all these? I'm ready for all these. What is yeah. wrong with you? I want and, them and, now. Yeah, you want them now. So, <laughs> and you certainly don't want to feel like you're put into a box of mm. uh, you said that would come at this age. It's it's so. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, but it, and so it it put, let me put it this way: you give a thirteen-year-old list, you certainly want to say in words, uh, indicating there's much more to come. And in that case, you could definitely tell them, "Look, this is just the beginning. In the future, there'll be more things like we think you'll be handling your own school. Uh, you'll be uh, eventually even to the point of having your you know no curfew. So you could at least say it. But mm-hmm. it, do you want to write it out? Uh, I think that would do that as a uh, case by case basis. It's up to you. If you think it would help your teenager believe you better, go ahead and do that. If you worry that it's going to box you in with a demanding teenager, that's, you know, telling you, you're, you're not doing what you said you'd do. And you don't want to get into that. Then just say it in words. Uh, it's kind of like what a lawyer would tell you, you know, like I, I wouldn't write that down if I were you, but you can go ahead and say it <laughs> as long as there's no, you know, recording devices in the room that's or right. something. So it's, there's advantage, but I do like the idea of, uh, cause what's, you know, very common and hard to prescribe is you really want to do more than just give some freedoms. You really want to indicate this is a household that you are now on this conveyor belt out of here. You are on this level that's more and more recognizing the adult that you are. And that's, you know, there's a lot of subtleties in how you do that. So yeah, if a parent did that, I'm cool with it. And I would assume that this question would be more specific to your first child as it, because I think whenever your second child becomes a teenager, like they already see the road ahead that that first teenager's paving and they will keep you accountable. You know, like, didn't you say that your first actually, (laughs) you know, what did she tell him? You forgot to tell him something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I had surgery the day that he turned 13. So things just look different. And so after, you know, a few weeks later, when we were talking, he already knew his freedoms and he was like, I know mom. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, Ella already told me. (laughs) See, which to me is what I love about that story is that that 
shows that this system is in place in our family. Uh, and it also shows how much, how hungry a 13 year old is that you think, well, he doesn't care. Oh, he wants to know. He wants to know. Mm -hmm. so but I love great. too, that my oldest kind of like invited him into the teenager club, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like mm -hmm. you're oh, yeah. one of us now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's going to be a daughter. I don't think a son, my son, when he was, you know, 15 wouldn't, or 16 wouldn't tell his 13 year old sister. It should go, well, what, what do we have? I don't know. Ask mom. <laughs> but You're girls, still a baby. Yeah, girls are a little different. <laughs> I think I'm mean to boys, but still, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, thank you, Dr. Ken. This has been a fun episode. And I know we have lots more questions to answer, and we'll get to those on our next episode. So you guys have a great day. Thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Also, leave us a review. This is how other listeners find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Feeding the Mouth. We appreciate you and would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about what we've discussed today, please email us at podcast at feedingthemouth.com.